And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. I find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet. Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Hello and welcome to yet another of this month's plethora of Five Minute Freaks and another podcast about the awesome, awesome, uh, I hope I'm not tipping our cards here, Pacific Rim movie. And uh, we've already had a mini review with Bill Robinson and Mr. Ben Robinson. And we've had a special Earth Destruction Directive with the resident experts, Luke Giaconetti and Lomax. So this time, instead of family or experts, you're just going to get the Joe Six-Pack... Assholes. Assholes. (laughs) 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 And who are these assholes? Well, I'm Chris Honeywell, and I am the first asshole to open my mouth. Um, We're here with Christopher Tyler, since you just heard his mellifluous voice. Oh, hey. Paul Spataro. Hey there. Dr. Bill Robinson. Where's my goddamn shoe? See, now he can swear because he does have his kid. Exactly. And <laughs> hey, Scott McGregor. Yep, who is here on site with me. In the plush studio. Yeah. <laughs> in the plush <laughs> studio. Yeah. It's so, it's soft in here. Yeah. <laughs> if there was like my head. We would be, we would be crushed beneath. Star Wars figures and books. But what a way to go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pacific Rim. And Anybody here uh, not like the movies so we can start kicking them right now? <laughs> uh, the rock. I can't say I didn't like it. I did like it. I just don't. I think based on what I heard in advance, I may be the least enthusiastic. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. Oh, and Paul just dropped from the call. Sorry. Oh, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't like it. I enjoyed it, but I'm not as high on it as you guys. So, Paul, what did you think? Great movie or the best movie ever? <laughs> Is it, well, it, it's when we do these shows, I think there's only two choices, actually. Either the best movie ever right. or the worst movie ever. Keep to the rules. Right? There is no in-between. All right. So, choose. You must choose. You must choose now. I mean, if it had to be one or the other, then I'd have to say it's the best because I did enjoy it. But uh, like I said, I'm just not as high on it as you guys. You know, I, are you a fan I guess of giant robot or giant monster movies at all? Uh, I mean, to an extent, I'm not. You know, I'm not Luke Jack and Eddie. Yeah. Well, same here. I always <laughs> en- I enjoy like a lot of them. There's a lot of them that like uh, they're a little too slow for me, you know. But I like the concept of more giant monster movies than giant robot movies to tell the truth. I mean, I I was very, very disappointed when they came out with the American Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick and it turned out to be a steaming pile, you know, because I really (laughs) was looking forward to that to be a, you know, a good 
special effects movie with a good script, and uh, this one yeah. blows that away. Well, that's I think that's not even the first third question. Of that, but I thought it had a good atmosphere going in the in the beginning. Yeah, but they they lost it. Well, that's what I've been waiting for, actually, kind of ever since I saw giant monster movies and Godzilla movies. Somebody to really do it up. That's what I was hoping that that Godzilla movie would be. That was before Mm -hmm. I knew what Roland Emmerich was and and would have known better. But um, I think this movie is as close as we've come yet to the ultimate... In these two, in these two genres, as far as I'm concerned, the spirits. I grew up on them, and thank God for my father who introduced me to them pretty young. You know, plopped me in front of the Saturday matinee movies. You know, to keep me out of his hair, probably. And uh, yeah, they're beat. They showed a lot of them um, up in Watertown where I was. And I think one of the first ones I might have seen was like King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh which yeah, was just, me too god-awfully made movie, but I mean, I loved it back then. But it had those great special effects. I think maybe the first <laughs> pure kaiju movie I saw was maybe Rodan, and I got to see the 54 Godzilla soon after, but I used to play, like, all of them back in the day, so yeah, I, I watched them pretty steadily up till... WPIX like, used to play them, so when Cable yeah. hit and we got WPIX, w- you could see them on Saturdays. I think it was PIX or an NBC affiliate that actually played like a primetime or maybe a late Friday night uh, showing of Godzilla versus Megalon, and they actually had uh, John Belushi like introing it somehow in a Godzilla mask. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. I wow. hope there's a clip of it out yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, we'll have to but... <laughs> start scouring the YouTube and see if yeah. that, one, that one should be... Uh pretty interesting. I don't know if it was Belushi or maybe it was might have been Murray but it was like might have even been Chevy Chase but it was definitely 70s you know Saturday Night Live and that was uh that was actually like probably my first like giant robot and giant monster movie Godzilla vs. Megalon because I had Jet Jaguar and I never really got to see a lot of the other Japanese things you know with more of the robots I didn't discover like Evangelion until the late 90s early 2000s so that's my history basis i don't know how i stole the air from everybody sorry about that <laughs> that's all right <laughs> tell me to shut up anytime but, shut up uh, oh sorry <laughs> i don't even want to do my official review yet unless you want me to but oh no yeah yeah you guys want to do that you guys want to do the five a uh, five minute or well i would say we don't even have to do five minute or just go around and do a since there's not eight million of us just go around and do a <laughs> review yeah yeah, why not? All right, let's see. Who shall we start with? How about me? Please. Shits <laughs> and giggles. I loved it, and I went in with high expectations. And personally, I think it, you know, any movie can be better. But as far as the two genres, this was the perfect mashup of them. Um, if you're going to go see it, I would say see it in in IMAX 3D ideally if you're not going to see it in IMAX 3D just go and see it in the regular theater 2D because I've heard the 3D in regular theaters is really dark there's a lot of dark scenes there's a lot most of it's at night so that just doesn't isn't conducive to that 3D but as far as that goes I was in IMAX it was so loud and in your face that and I haven't I did some squealing with joy at the Avengers, but I was going Rah! full yell. Nobody was even going to hear me no. over that movie. So, you know, there were there were visceral. You know, once the fights began, I mean, I was, you know, sitting up in my seat and going Rah! yes, because I think Del Toro really understands what drives both of those things, and it's very simple stuff. And uh, he doesn't talk down to the material. You know, he embraces it. And he doesn't try to make it into, you know, Pan's labyrinth depth of story and no. relevance yeah. and stuff like that. He, he keeps it simple. You know, some basic family drama and personal drama going around around the edges. But, you know, nothing, 
you know that's gonna win anybody an Oscar. Good character actors, and he, um, unlike most people who shoot giant things doing giant things, he knows how to put it on the screen and make you know what's going on, see what's going on, and gets you in the thick of the action. So this this is like the ultimate grappling um, monster movie because even the CG has a bit of rubber suit to it and it, it works great. So I could I can't recommend it highly any higher than anything unless you don't like that genre. If you're not into giant monsters or giant uh, robots, but if you're into both or one, you're going to be really happy with this movie. Uh <coughs> Hero, I'm actually really interested to hear what you have to say about this. All right. Well, as a child of the 80s and growing up with uh, every 80s cartoon you can imagine, this is a live-action Saturday morning cartoon in in all the ways that it should be. Are the characters a bit arch? Yes, they're as arch as they need to be. They have just enough character development so that you understand them. I'm not an anime fan, but you can tell that there's a lot of anime influence in the in the mech designs on these, which is fine because they look friggin' amazing. But uh, it's it 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 just harkens back to here's the plot, here's what needs to happen, and let's get to it. It's it doesn't waste any well, there are some character scenes, but it doesn't really waste any time with telling you here's the layout for what needs to happen. Here's all this backstory that's not as interesting as the story we want to tell, so we're just going to gloss over it in the first 10 minutes, and uh, here you go. Here's your Luke Skywalker you know, type uh, with the, the main character there, Raleigh, and uh, they don't really dwell on him kind of <laughs> wimping around being a, a weenie because his brother died. It's just, yeah, fight's not over, dude, so get back into it, and that's the only motivation he needs. It's, it's great. Um, I don't know what else I can say. If you like Saturday morning cartoons from the 70s and 80s, if you like giant monster movies, if you like giant robots, if you like Ron Perlman, uh, <laughs> if you have any affinity for wild and zany fun, which is, I think, this movie's been the most fun I've seen this entire summer, uh, then you owe it to yourself to enjoy it. And uh, outside of a couple of uh, shit bombs and goddammit bombs, uh, there's really nothing offensive in this film whatsoever. No. Take your wife, take your mom, take your grandparents, take your kids, take your grandkids, whoever you have. Get, hire a prostitute, take her to see it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for the movie. And uh, enjoy the... Yeah. Just Enjoy the, the fun that will lay out before you for two hours and 15 minutes. Yourself with a big tub of popcorn, like in diner. Yeah, you need a big tub of pop. <laughs> yeah, right. More butter. Twizzlers. All right, Scott, you're up next. <laughs> well, I, I misspoke a little earlier. Um, I actually did have some other experience with giant monsters and giant robots, in that I'm proud to say I used to own the old uh, Shogun Warrior. Um, Shogun? Shogun, Shogun Warrior. Yeah. Uh, can't call them action figures because they were like, you know, giant two, feet, toys. two feet tall and had firing fists that actually were spring-loaded and would fire and kill young children um, later, and uh, never never convicted for that. I had Biotron. Um, Biotron. I had all the Micronauts, too. That's a whole other show. Oh, but yeah. Okay. I had the Godzilla Shogun Warrior, too, so that was, like, the greatest toy battles I ever oh would have. Oh, my God. Ray Dean versus Godzilla versus the other Shogun Warrior that I didn't like as much. Anywho, now I feel bad. I didn't mention Voltron. <laughs> and Voltron, I never got the, into Voltron as much for some reason. I don't know. I, I like skipped. I was some one of the lucky aspects kids. Of the genres and, and embraced others, but uh, I want to talk about nerdgasms that I, I've had, and I'm sure we've all had a couple watching some movies. Um, I can name a few. One would be, you know, '78 Superman flying from the, you know, Fortress of Solitude. Definitely stuff in the original Godzilla. The original Godzilla, like we saw a remake, like the Godzilla. Um, first time Wolverine popped his claws in the first X Men movie. Um, obviously, the Star Destroyer in the first scene of Star Wars, things like that. I think Pacific Rim is now like in my top 10 at least of nerdgasm moments. 
and the first scene where they had the kaiju coming up over the bridge was just like perfection to me especially in i think i'm sure imax 3d had a lot to do with it because oh, you, yeah. you pretty much felt like you were in one of those cars and that was the most exhilarating you know scene i think i've ever you know and most immersive scene i think i've ever seen it on the set screen. the stage yeah. that's for sure <laughs> And it was almost, everything was almost a letdown after that. And I don't know why, because the battles were just amazing. But it was just like that one moment. That's the cherry moment from that film for me. The first encounter for some reason. Um, a lot of what you guys just said as far as, you know, story was, you said it perfectly, Chris. It was just simple as it needed to be. It was very Independence Day kind of cheesy at times. And that was all right for this movie because as I think Chris just said, it, it's a freaking Saturday morning cartoon basically. And uh, directed and produced in the best way possible by someone who is like obviously a fan of that stuff. Um, yeah, the effects just blew me away. I don't know if I could, I'd love to watch it again. I don't want to pay <laughs> IMAX prices again, but, but I'm not sure I'd want to see it any other way now problem i think my blu-ray down the line will will unfortunately disappoint me in some ways um that was my first imax experience and it was like uh, yeah just amazing stuff and the technology was right up on the screen actually probably the best effect of the day was the intro graphic they had coming at you out of the screen just before the movie started you know after i told you to put your glasses yeah, on that was IMAX like 3d yeah that was, that was just nice. insane yeah that was Chris something Spencer. produced completely just to <laughs> run right into your face and run through your head yeah and it did exactly that so yeah it was a like virtual type experience and i said huge fan of the giant monster genre forever and it was uh i'm excited to see what legendary pictures does with godzilla they just had the little statue picture I saw from Comic Con. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, it's a yeah. good design, and it's not a giant iguana. Yeah. And uh, he's apparently going to be fighting another kaiju in the I'm movie, from what I've read. So. Re reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and we I don't think we have to fear since uh, Pacific Rim sadly didn't exactly do stellar numbers at the box office, which is just unbelievable to me, but. <laughs> Shame on all you people. Yeah, hopefully we won't, we won't have to see Michael Bay stick a, uh, a kaiju in, into Transformers 4 now because he thinks he should. I, you know, why not? <laughs> if there's going to be more of it, then even if it's going to be cheesy, it's usually cheesy. Although I would anyway. go for a Dinobot, a good Dinobot battle. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, Dr. Bill, you're up next. Oh, man, this was awesome. I love this. But I first have to read what somebody posted on Facebook in my response because she did this right after the movie came out and this pretty much summed up everything that I thought about it. Uh, my friend Maureen Cox, she said, Pacific Rim, a big tasty chunk of cinematic Velveeta. And she said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. A little Vel Velveeta every now and then is good for the soul. And, in, and she said, just ignore the cliches and lack of character development. I responded back that the cliches are the character development. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yes. And then I just listed the broken hero needing redemption, the traumatized young girl with something to prove, the hothead son and father that doesn't verbalize his love, but they both know it, the grizzled dying veteran making a sacrifice, the budding possible romance between the two team pilots that against all odds succeed, the two scientists, one a rock star wannabe, the other an uber nerd. The shadowy black market figure with a secret. The invading aliens who want to use our world. And finally, the Jaegers and the Kaiju. Three words. Ship baseball bat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, oh, when I saw that and he's dragging the tanker. Yes behind him yeah. even though in the back of my head there was this little voice going well you know the physics would cause that uh, oh, shit no. just crumble and he lifted and it up i just yeah, i just no, took that voice mind. and said said shut the fuck up it's I, ch I checked my physics <laughs> at the door when i bought the ticket yeah. i knew better yeah, yeah he like, would, he, he would, as soon as you took that out of, lifted it up out of the water it would break it would break in half like the titanic yeah, yeah. It was just, I was like, "Who cares, man? This is awesome." Yeah, yeah. If we don't want it to do that. You yeah. can't beat them with it if, <laughs> if it does that. Uh, <laughs> and, and could have ripped the thing's arm off and beat him with it, but that would have been, you know, R-rated. Yeah. And then, but um, <laughs> so then, 
there was some other posts and stuff. And then the last thing I put was uh, the movie to me was about presentation. We've seen all these elements before. This movie has pedigree going back to Godzilla and up to present day movies like Independence Day. Del Toro and company gave us a world of things we have seen, but it was thought out and detailed and awesome. And I also said that the score was moving as well and is still stuck in my head. That that yeah, that theme. main riff is pretty ballsy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there was so much in this movie, and and you want to talk about a geek gasm when they formed the sword? That was yeah. right out of Ultron. Oh I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, they made a sword! <laughs> Not only sword. did they form a sword on screen, I had a sword in my pants when that happened because that was. Awesome. You, I was not expecting that whatsoever. Well, I, what I liked about the music is it had your standard giant monster, broom, broom, the <laughs> orchestral, you know, stomping theme, and then it had that the 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 like sort the of Stevie Vai guitar, for when the for the giant, you know, robots. Yeah. Here come the rock star Jaegers. Yeah, yeah, strutting in. And, and, uh, oh, yeah, it was. I, it's been a long time since I've been so wrapped up in, in a movie. I mean, this to me, on certain levels, was better than I- Iron Man 3, which I've been holding up as the best movie I had seen up until this point this summer. And, and this just, this blew it away. I, I, I had such a good time. And it, I, I, I took my son, Ben, and it was almost like the two of us were drifting. It was like I was a kid again. I was. <laughs> You know, we're just sitting there watching the movie. I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. And at some point, I think we were both, you know, like I was looking at the same height as him because I was a little kid again watching this movie going, yeah, this is awesome. It was just, I loved it. I just loved it. And uh, I, we, we also came up, came up with a name for our own Jaeger. I think I posted it on the post, uh, on Facebook, but uh, I think we're going to call it Foths and Grizzly. Father-son combined and then Grizzly, so that's going to be our Jaeger. Excellent. <laughs> I got all pumped up just talking about it. <laughs> uh, there was just so much in this movie. I mean, yeah. Rocket-powered a... Grizzly claw that comes right off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have Fired Grizzly paw. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, if I was going to have if I was going to have a year and we run on all fours instead of walking upright oh nice <laughs> yeah. now I'm thinking about what my Jaeger would be called probably be called Blazing Guitar and if anybody's ever seen the uh, the album cover to Y&T's uh, In Rock We Trust there's a basically <laughs> a giant mech on that <laughs> with a guitar like there we go just put that on screen i'll be in that one i don't know who i'd be with probably scott rifen i know he'd be down for it oh, so yeah. yeah 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 oh he would probably have one that was just a combination of all all the members of kiss kiss yeah <laughs> that would be quite a giant robot right there man yeah star child <laughs> four kiss robots that combine four to become some all kind right. of hybrid Paul Spataro, it's time to bring us all back to reality. It's time for the wet blanket of the group to talk. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even sound like you're going to be that much of a wet blanket, though. I'm just trying to drama <coughs> it up, but it doesn't sound no, like No, no, I'm not. I, I Like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I just don't think I reached the level of uh, enjoyment that you guys did. But I, I didn't walk out... <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't walk out feeling like, oh, I wasted my money or my time. I, I enjoyed it. Uh... But, you know, overall, the, the two words that just come to mind are mindless fun. Uh, and to me, to some extent, that's, that's a lost opportunity because I think this movie had bigger aspirations than to be mindless. Uh, based on, you know, the premise, my anticipation was, you know, that this would be akin to the Transformers or Independence Day. And it certainly was closest to Independence Day, uh, right down to the inspirational speech going into the final battle. Uh, but because Guillermo, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro directed it, uh, I kind of had a higher level of anticipation. And, and to some extent, he did deliver. Uh, problems I had were a lot of it was with the cast. Uh, I didn't think anybody in the cast particularly distinguished themselves. Uh, I didn't think that uh, there was really any chemistry between the characters. Uh, especially, I mean, there was the unspoken romance between our two main characters, and I still didn't feel that there was any chemistry between them. Uh, 
uh, exceptions to that. I, I thought Charlie Day and uh, Ron Perlman did give some decent comic relief. And the little girl who plays the younger version of the main girl was phenomenally good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the one acting performance in this movie that I would hold up to anything. Uh, I think she was unbelievable. And I understand that she is a uh, pretty well-known child actress in Japan. Yeah, I heard something about yeah. that. Yeah, she's won some type of award. I, I, I think I heard that on another podcast as well. Now, I, I think the script was kind of weak overall. I think that they were well served with the fact that they had a decent premise and that they joined the story midway through. They didn't, you know, they didn't have the first kaiju attack. Right. Uh, they, they just took care of that with exposition so that they could get really into the uh, the battles. But I still felt that the script never dug below the surface. Uh, you know, when when... Charlie Day drifted with the alien and then they were after him. I never understood exactly why they were after him. Uh, I think the drifting in general is a phenomenal concept and I think they could have gone so much more in depth with that and given you just a lot of, you know, just moments there. Uh, the big backstory would be uh, Idris Elba and, and the girl and I just didn't find it that interesting. I didn't find it compelling. And again, I didn't see the chemistry between the characters. Uh, on a technical level, the movie was phenomenal. Uh, the battle scenes were spectacular. Uh, Del Toro did a great job of letting you follow the action. Uh, there wasn't the ridiculous quick cuts that make you start, you know, start losing track of who's where. Uh, there weren't the, you know, the real close-ups that kind of again don't give you a chance to establish where things are i thought you were able to follow the action really really well it was very fast paced the action so that was the savings grace to the movie to me overall it was an enjoyable movie i just don't think it was a great movie it's del toro seems to like to um vacillate between movies that are that aren't deep at all and his more you know like pan's labyrinth type stuff and 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 this this one, I don't know if you if you put much more to it, it would be taking away. It's almost like you have to have some sort of story in it, and that's not even. I don't even think you need to have some sort of story in it. But in the genre, there's always some sort of story, you know. And this one had father and daughter, you know, father and adopted daughter, and potential love interest or the drama with the with the Australian guy who hated them and and all that but it's all just window dressing you know and it's all just the sort of standard it's like kung fu movies have the same thing like early yeah. Jackie Chan movies you'd have these in, incredible 20 minute fight set pieces and in between them you'd have this whole family drama going on that really wasn't intriguing or anything like that, but it was just enough to keep you following it and to add some. And Del Toro, unlike a lot of the actual genre movies, and this reminds me of like when Quentin Tarantino is doing Grindhouse movies, and and or more even better, Rodriguez's one in the Grindhouse movie, where it actually fits the genre but is actually better <laughs> than most of the genre <laughs> that it's that it's aping you know it, it cuts out all the parts that are like really you know there's with a lot of giant monster or giant robot movies there's a lot of like boring parts where you would more realistically fast forward through them you know mm -hmm. and uh so he sort of dispenses with that but if I don't know. The the acting to me was every, everybody who wasn't a character actor was just good generic, you know, they were playing a a type. So I didn't expect too much out of I expect more out of the <coughs> character actors in a movie like that cuz they're they're the they're the only interesting characters and I'm glad he gave us more than Ron Perlman. I'm glad we had those two scientists. And they ended yeah. up playing more of a role because they they really they they were they were more interesting characters, you know, because they were quirky. I want and, to comment on that part of the movie too, in that I think it there's a lot of detail. I liked how whether 
I agree that some of the acting was. I mean, it wasn't bad. It just I agree that the chemistry wasn't stand out. Wasn't huge special, between yeah. a lot of them, but I didn't think it really. I guess I was able to ignore that between you know giant monster and robot fights. But <laughs> what I liked was how well fleshed out the world was, and I liked the backstory. Oh, yeah. I thought there was a lot of detail in the downtown scenes, and just seeing people scavenging these giant kaiju corpses and stuff was hilarious and just like so for Aphrodite anyway oh, you get kaiju bone yeah, ah. he, he loves doing his little details and just his set dressing and the production I mean, it felt like a very lived in world where well, he, he could have and even I think the fights inside the cockpits I thought were just really detailed it was, it was the one part that was actually hard for me to kind of follow is when they cut back to the cockpits which I really hated them doing I'd rather just see the robots but well, all, every... all the HUD displays and everything was kind of hard to follow, but it just speaks to Del Toro's uh, level of detail. I I, uh, I was a little disappointed that we didn't see more variation between the different kaiju. I was until until you find that, that one that got and flew. Yeah. And until that moment, they all you know I mean, and it it fits the story because they said they were basically the same Their variations. Class, you know, but but I would have liked to have seen more variation. I remember earlier stories, you know, kind of saying that there was going to be a lot of variety too, and yeah, that's one thing that did come to my mind. It might be one of those things on further watching, you you pick yeah. up, like the first time I watched episode one, had to, to compare the two, but. Um, the pod race, I couldn't tell who was who. Right. And, you know, now I can watch it. I, I can, I know where everybody is in relation. Maybe that comes from playing the video game so much. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I, they, they were, I, I just love that they were like Lovecraftian mixed with guy in rubber suit. Yeah. You know, there was a we got grappling. a one. We got Rodan in there. And that, that was but just, nice. just to, to go back to what you were saying, Chris, earlier, uh, about the story between the father and the daughter and all that. Uh, like I said, I, I think that was not the story to tell, maybe. And I think had they had a better character development in there, uh-huh. I think to me that's the difference between a good movie and a great movie. That's why to me this was only a good movie. Well, there's an hour of stuff that didn't make it to the screen, and it's all right. character stuff. I, I'm, I'm, you see, I'm, I'm. I'm torn with that because in theory I want to agree with you on that and say yeah you know it would make it a better movie but I almost don't want Del because Del Toro is very good at that too he could do that you know so I tend to think maybe he chose not to to because he didn't want to um, distract from what it's really about which is giant robots (laughs) punching but, but it, they could have they could have added a level to it, uh, you know. Like I never cared about the act the the actors the characters. characters. I cared about the fight scenes just because it was fun to watch. Them. Yeah. But I never cared, you know. At, at the end when uh, Idris Elba dies, it was like okay. Uh, oh, and, that was and, coming and, a mile and, away. And at the oh end, yeah. Charlie, yeah. But if Charlie Hoonan had died at the end. I would have been okay. All right. <laughs> like yeah, I, I wouldn't have yeah. felt that, that But he wasn't pull. going to. That's the thing about it is though is that's another part of the genre is there's really, you know, not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of tension over who's gonna live and who's gonna die. Every once in a while they might, you yeah. know. But that's why you had all the other. That's why you had all the other um, teams there. <laughs> yeah, they showed all the other teams, and it's just like, oh, here's all the guys who get beat first, yeah. and we get to see them use their style. <laughs> Look and at the get three beat. brothers all wearing red shirts. Yeah, the exactly. Russians <laughs> the Russians and the Chinese <laughs> killed off in Hong Kong. I'm surprised. I'm surprised we didn't get more. <laughs> and I'll bet you there's a lot of outcut scenes of the different, you know, the different team characters doing their thing. But I sort of like that. It's like. Here they are, and you see them, and you see them training and winding up, and you see them in action and stuff. But it gives you no backstory on it. You have to just totally fill it in, you know, by little character ticks, which you don't get many of, and then they're dead. And uh, yeah, man, you gotta watch out for that kaiju acid reflux. I know. <laughs> it gets you every time. They should have made a giant alka seltzer to shoot down the throats. Yeah. Even even fire uh, alka a pellet. Bill, you you mentioned the uh, when the, when he makes the sword, mm-hmm. uh, when that happened in the movie, my son turned to me and said, 
Why didn't he just do that earlier? Because it would have <laughs> like, been why would you dramatic. Oh, <laughs> I admit, even though I was wasn't really much of a fan, I audibly said Voltron when that happened myself. So. Yeah, and it was so loud I couldn't hear you yeah. say that. <laughs> um, well, another thing I wanted to bring up is I don't think this was, and, and this is why when it's like, ah, oh, this movie's not making a lot of money, I don't really worry about it. I don't think this was a movie necessarily made for Americans. Yeah, it, no, I think it's it was made for Americans, but it wasn't made specific. It was made for the world market for sure. A, the it's name of it is huge amount of money worldwide. Hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because, and I think this. I think that the kind of like the story element with the characters in it is gonna play, in like in China, Japan, and India, like gangbusters, mm-hmm. compared because, I think. They're going to recognize this as, all right, somebody got a hold of, and and Del Toro, you know, he's not even, he's, I think he's, spa- I don't even think he's from, I, he may he's be American, but he's Mexican. Yeah, I, he's, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's from Mexico. Okay. And, and so, that, that it's just like, they'll see, somebody saw these movies we were making and understood them, and then responded with this, and I think they're going to go berserk for it. I can't see how they wouldn't. It's just the most beautifully filmed giant monster stuff ever. So I think once this thing starts and and I, I think also once it hits Netflix and all that it's this is going to be something that you know people are always going to assume it was a big hit but it'll you know, it was a, it was not here in America. Sort of the opposite of like Star Trek: The Motion Picture, where everybody thought it lost all this money, but it actually made a good deal of money. Mm-hmm. They'll say, "Ah, Pacific Rim, it didn't do too good," and the rest of the world's gonna love it, and then eventually we'll catch up. You know, we'll we'll yeah. uh, it'll bleed into into us. I'm just glad that that it had enough hype. To where it didn't, you know, they didn't try to sink it to where they put it up on IMAX and I got the chance to see it in the yeah. movie theater. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes there's been a few movies like that, that like uh, Brazil by Terry Gilliam. I was lucky to have caught that in the one weekend it played in Watertown by a fluke, you know, and, <laughs> and got to see it on the big screen when it came out. And this this movie could have easily been well maybe they they since they spent so much money on it it probably couldn't have been judge dreaded but well, with the, these new tracking poles which had it doomed before it even came before out before it even opened up uh, on yeah. the screen even yeah. though it's like sitting at like seventy three percent on the tomato meter whatever yeah. that you know that almost seems like another studio was sabotaging it somehow. I, or sabotage. 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 <laughs> no, it's just people want brands. This is my big point uh-huh. always. Yeah. Uh-huh. They want they want Despicable Me too. And Despicable Me was great. Uh, I, I do want to see the sequel. But Grown Ups too. <sighs> grown up grown how anybody could go see Grown Ups Two is beyond me. Because I don't care what seen it. it. Well, I'll put enough vodka in me. I'll rent it on DVD some night. But no, yeah. because of air conditioning, there's yeah. there's a whole segment of Jesus. people who go to the movies. Or Joseph, I've been in this. Rim, I've been in that segment of people though, and that segment happens when you're a group of like <laughs> seven or eight people, and it's like it's it's fucking hot. Let's go to the movies. Okay, what do we see? And you got like a mixed crowd of mm-hmm. men and women and. People who like art films and people who like comedies. Then and you take them to like Pacific violence. Rim, not Grown Ups too. No, no, but the women go. One girl that I have highly value her opinion was just like, when saw Pacific Rim, that was the most boring, sucky movie I ever saw. And I'm like, I loved it. And she's like, it's a guy movie. It's a total guy movie. It, it is a guy but, movie. You know, Adam Sandler movies, everybody can just sort of like go, oh, well, maybe there'll be something gross out that'll be funnier. Oh, yeah, well, I want to be with my friends and and stuff like that. Or And date movies. The, no matter how shitty a romance rom-com is, if a guy's on a date with a girl, that's a safe movie to go to. It's safer to go to some movie where you're laughing than take her to a... You know, and have her go to her friends. And then he took me to that goddamn Godzilla versus Transformers. Oh, that's movie. just not a world I want to live in. 
No, it suck it up, bitch. You're seeing the monster movie. <laughs> yeah, what happened to the? There were a lot of good jump throws in this movie. Whatever happened to the concept <laughs> yeah. of taking a woman to a movie where she's going to leap into your arms eventually? <laughs> it's dead. Yeah, yeah, apparently not. You know, uh, I'd be leaping into. Even if it was a guy's next to me, I was if I had to watch Grown Ups too. Grown Ups too. Uh, it's got you know, it's got the names that people recognize. Everybody was oh, I recognize Chris Rock. I recognize Adam Sandler. Although I don't know why that works to the positive. Because <laughs> well, his because his early movies where he was funny yeah. were funny, and now it's just rote, boring. Tame or or one stand-up and routine they had, or yeah. It's it's not a name <laughs> well, franchise. Does that Hanukkah song? It's and funny. it's also a genre that's not exactly a universally loved genre. You know, I mean, uh, that every t- like all the the Godzilla remake didn't do too well. The because it was shit. Yeah, but I think. I think even if it wasn't shit, it would have done better. Well, actually, it, that has that a better ID four, so and I mean, it has it a better been... chance too because it's named Godzilla too, and everybody has got the brand recognition. Whereas this, do- whereas this doesn't. But I don't think that hurt with the nerds because I think the nerds were down with the the robots versus monsters. But the general public was just like, why would I? And it's not like Del Toro is somebody who burns down the cinemas anyway. He's no. either he's a big hit with the art house crowd and with obscure genre. Like Hellboy was Hellboy was a franchise name, but it wasn't a very it wasn't a huge one. You know, it had it's a franchise like a, name that eight people knew. Right, exactly. <laughs> And and I mean in the in the in the world of comics there were enough people to warrant it being like okay that was a popular book or something but that's not a lot of people when it comes to a movie and I think how did every ten year old how did every ten year old boy in America not beg their parents to take them to this though I I don't get that's what I I don't original Hellboy. Well, no, Pacific, no, Pacific Rim. Oh, Pacific Rim. I don't know because I, mean, I don't. This think is the any... kind of like I would be losing my shit, dude. If I if I was still ten years old and I didn't have money, I'd be like, Mom, Mom, Dad, Dad, somebody give me this movie. I remember does, doing man. that to just, my parents yeah. when Godzilla vs. Megalon came out. Oh yeah. Oh my God! See a Godzilla movie in the theater. It's new. Right. Oh my God! I was flipping, flipping out, but I was too young. They weren't gonna let me go to see the the new Godzilla movie and when you saw it on TV it was just like oh my god that looks amazing it's all modern you know and it's of course the cheesiest shit ever <laughs> yeah. yeah Godzilla <laughs> especially yeah those. this might have been too like if you took the younger us and put us in this movie we might our brains might not be ready for, for that you know at, at that point you know we might have just walked out of it, or not walked out of it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure I was going to for a few minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I mean, we were walking out of the movie, you know, dumbstruck. Yeah, you know, just sort of dazed and drooling, probably. Yeah. Yeah, into the wall of heat it's outside. Well, well, you're right about this not being ma- mainstream because uh, um, this reminds me of something. And now it's time for real life with Dr. Bill Robinson. <laughs> So, one day at work, uh, I work in the fire alarm, in, 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 excuse me, industry, and um, I was talking to the VP of of my company, blah blah blah, and uh, we were talking about the sprinkler company that we were going to be working with. Now, it just so happens that the sprinkler company's name is Rodan. Ooh. Oh. So. My boss goes, yeah, Rodan is going to be out there, and they're going to be on site for us to do our stuff. So I go, oh, Rodan's going to be there. And I lifted up my arms and went, (laughs) and stood there with my arms outstretched. And he looked up at me, nothing, just nothing, blank. And I went, Rodan, 1960s, giant pterodactyl, nothing. And he's like, didn't see it, dude. Okay. <laughs> we're freaks. As a matter of fact, Mr. Robinson, I didn't see that little outburst. <laughs> I probably We hope, we hope you've all enjoyed this episode of Real Life with Dr. Bill Robinson. Done similar things in Real the Life job, sucks. I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, but it is our bit. <laughs> Did any of you guys. Oh, of course, I'm, I'm holding this, but no one can see it. 
Did any of you guys get <laughs> Thank the... Thank God. Uh, <laughs> did you see that? <laughs> I'm holding a book. <laughs> no, uh, I got the Pacific Rim Tales from Year Zero. Uh, graphic novel. And it... Paul, you'd probably like it because it fills in a lot of backstory um, with character development. And shows more about uh, the Marshall and... Uh, is it a Marshall? Is it Marshall? Marshall. Pentecost? His... Uh, you know how he bonds with his daughter. What happened to his first uh, drift pilot? Because she actually ends up dying of cancer straight out. And um, then there's another story about uh, man. What was the guy's name that did all the tech stuff with Marshall? Not not the two scientists, but the oh, other guy, uh, Clifton Collins. The um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's Tendo. Yeah. Okay. yeah. There's the Elvis guy. Yeah, there's his backstory because he was in, uh, he was in San Francisco when the first attack happened. Uh, then there's this, there's a story with um, the two brothers. So I mean, it it really fills in a lot of stuff that you didn't get in the movie, and maybe that's just some of the stuff that didn't get filmed, like like Chris was saying. Because I know I heard that on another podcast as well that there was supposed to be like another hour of material. It didn't make it in, into the movie. I don't know if it was all filmed or not, but it, it just didn't make it in. Where did you hear that at, Chris? Do you oh, remember? I, I don't remember. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, but really, that's the only other thing I found locally because I was looking for stuff because when I came, came out of the movie, I just wanted to find out more about the movie. And Although I didn't go to Toys R Us to see if there had any cool toys. There are, apparently. I want uh, them. Oh, There's maybe I'll have to make a run out be. there. I didn't see... Oh, that's right. I went to Walmart, but I didn't see any Pacific Rim toys, so maybe I need to run by Toys R Us to see if there's something there. Because got to be some models or something. Let's go there. on the Ebays. Ah, that's no fun. Well, I mean, that you can get a look <laughs> it's at... It's the hunts. There, it's the hunts. There, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a way to see what... Yeah. See, you know, oh, that's true. A little yeah. shopping and comparison. I want to make a out. comment about these prequel graphic novels that they're making for everything I go see now. And it's like... <laughs> a lot of them are good, though. I'm sure, but shouldn't I be giving one with my freaking movie ticket? <laughs> that would be nice. That should be a promotion. Um, a, lot yeah. of them, a lot of them are kind of better, like the one or for staple the one to the bottom of my $8 popcorn. Something like that. The Ooh, look first at that. one that, that started the first Star, Star Trek 2009 Abrams Star yeah. Trek was great. Some of us aren't that was, funny, you know. We like that was a, that was a that was a must read because if you didn't read that, you didn't know yeah, what no the hell was going on. on Trek. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you didn't need to read this to understand the movie. Yeah, I mean, it was just nice to have, and the art's okay, um, but you know, it, it wasn't a must read. That Star Trek one was, was like what. And then this recent one they did really didn't have any as much to do with the movie right. as the first one did. The first one actually no, improved the movie in, yeah. in a lot of ways because you knew what was going on. It, at least it, if I hadn't read that, I would have been like, what the hell is this Nero guy? You know, at least yeah. I understood his story, his thinnest, thinnest excuse for his motivation through the comic. Anyway, mm -hmm. but... And this one, I don't really care about the motivations as long as they're motivated to get in their suits and <laughs> punch yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, Paul, I think the reason that the uh, the aliens or the kaiju were coming after the scientists is because it was like a two way street, and they wanted to get. They knew that he. That they yeah, probably he knew that saw he, their plan. That he saw their plans, and they wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. Before yeah. he could, yeah, before he could yeah. pass on the news, because that's exactly what they do. Is that they're just like, this is not going to work, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've read a wild rumor about the supposed plot of maybe the second one regarding, yeah, the drifting with the aliens. They'll steal the mech tech and they'll come at us with mechs next time, and somehow we'll figure out how to control kaiju. kaiju and <laughs> a complete reversal. Ooh, why something, not? Why not? Guillermo should just take that and if they actually give him the money to do another it's one, like give him why the money not? To do another one. <laughs> See, that, that's why I think when you were like, I don't know who said it earlier, but like, how did Hellboy 2 come out? I think Hellboy 2 came out because of Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, I think likely. like it was never good, probably never going to come out because there was a long time between Hellboy 1 and Hellboy 2 and then 
he had a had a hit and they said okay you can do something else and he's like i'll do hellboy 2 and they probably went like oh, all right <laughs> okay now he needs to do three no, never happens never happened so what so what everybody think of ron Awesome, always. He know. chewed always. up the scenery. Yeah, I mean, in the best way possible. Give me a movie on that character. That's you why know. he's there. Yeah. That's why you can so, show you. So the second movie where he had all gold teeth. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if there's any kind of connection. I, I mean, you know, he's been in Del Toro's movies before, but he's also in Sons of Anarchy with Charlie Hoonan, who was yeah. the main actor in this. And I'm wondering if somehow that might connection. Yeah. Yeah. Perlman's probably like, give this guy a look. I work with him. You know. Yeah, that that could very well be. Now I I heard somewhere that uh, the Idris Elba part was originally supposed to be Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Oh, oh God. Oh. God. Yeah. Oh, that oh. that would be the death knell to this movie. Yeah. I fucking hate Tom Cruise. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, wouldn't have let I, I think that's you. just echoing what we're all thinking. Would have used his Scientology powers and saved everyone. Well, I- Idris Elba is another one I just put on the same list as the woman who plays Circe <laughs> as someone to watch what they're doing because they seem to really like good genre mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. oh, show yeah. up in it. Idris will be in Thor 2 here and, pretty soon. And the, yeah. the, the Circe actress, she seems talk about like in, uh, good. She likes the, likes the good, cheap, low-budget, grindhouse-y whatever we got close to that now, you yeah. know. So I'm keeping my eye on her between Judge Dredd and The Purge. Oh, she was in The Purge, too? Yeah. yeah. I have to catch that one. Wasn't yeah, bad. You, you'd like The Purge. It was yeah. very, it's a chip off the John Carpenter low-budget block. It's, nice. It's, it's got a little bit of uh, Assault yeah. Precinct 13 to it. Oh. Later, you'll have to give me the spoiler. It's funny. Now. I was gonna say it's funny. The first time I saw that that girl, she was getting railed by Gerard Butler in Three Hundred, yeah. and she's been half naked ever since. Yeah, <laughs> looked no. good doing it. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was her in Three Hundred. She was great. Yeah. She was ugly in Judge Dredd, though. They scarred I, it up. I'd still smash it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all usually see a beautiful woman like that wear that much facial scarring in a movie. She's led an interesting life. Right, right. I mean, that was what was great. You had this beautiful woman with facial scarring, and then you had the star actor who you never saw more than his mouth and jaw through the whole movie. (laughs) Speaking of stuff to look at, did anybody think that the top of Cherno Alpha, the Russian mech, was just literally a power you know <laughs> like a reactor. power plant it was just a reactor stuck on top of the thing <laughs> it looked like it yeah it was it was nice and clunky and you know old uh, that's like world war ii russian stuff that's yeah, yeah, right well, that's what tank. i liked about it it had a little guillermo del toro's got a terry gilliam edge to it mm-hmm. a fancy you know and there's, well, now, there's one shot in the city that i won't spoil but you guys probably remember you know where one of the characters is driven into a building, and there's a little visual gag. Oh, yeah. Terry, oh, yeah. Terry oh, yeah. Gilliam. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. got a good reaction from the audience. Yeah, it got a good yeah. reaction from me, too. That was... Just to show the scale alone, it was yes. like, oh, that's a, that's a big arm. <laughs> well, that... Uh, I think the Russian one, didn't they say that that was the only, uh, what, stage one or series one? Yeah. Mac that was left, you know. I guess it was, they're they're such good pilots that they outlasted. Uh, the, no, because Gypsy Danger was a oh no, that was a three, three. wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, but that one still yeah. had the radio, radioactive core in it. Yeah, that was the the only one. They're what analog. Was, I'm like, what do you mean they're analog? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that was analog. They drift in analog. There's nothing that big that's gonna work <laughs> that's analog. Yeah, <coughs> giant record players in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the sound of those ones. Those, those <laughs> they pop and crackle when they walk. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice some of the... Uh, uh, I noticed in the first... Like the opening scene when they were rolling out the Gypsy Danger up in Alaska and you could see all the little details in the painting and the flags yeah. and everything looked faded. And I saw a promo picture that has Gypsy Danger's fist and it looks like there's like a kaiju and then there's a circle painted over like no kaijus or something 
I mean, all these little details on it. it, it, it oh, it had, a, it had a World War II bomber thing on it, too. It had some hot brunette in a oh, red yeah, dress, yeah. like, oh. holding a gun painted on it, too. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what... And I have a feeling upon further viewings, there'll be more visual... The, the, this'll probably yield a lot of... It's not going to yield anything, like, in, in uh, nooks and crannies of the story, but visually... There's probably going to be all well, sorts of We were talking cool about that, the, like, the downtown scenes. I told you that it reminded me in a way of like episode one and you know the, the new stuff. Yeah. You know, the, where there's a million things going, going on. on, and even uh, the, the uh, uh, redigitized friggin' original trilogy right. too, where he added a bunch of crap just for the sake of adding it. And it was like there was an equal amount of things going on, but everything had a purpose, and it wasn't just mindless set dressing it was details yeah into the story it was people lugging around pieces of these giant robots yeah it wasn't if, just you know a random you, alien walking by if you watch it again yeah you yeah. could stop and just watch that stuff and go this person's doing this and this person's yeah. doing this and that, and that really immersed that. you in it yeah. for me i need to see it again just so i can see that kaiju cactus on the uh battleship floating yeah. in the ocean like oh, that's oh, yeah. sweet oh that's my just god us. i forgot about that. that was one of the first still photos they well, came out with too well that's the thing is they they just give you there's just so many treats visual visual treats where you're just like oh yes <laughs> yes i do i do want to see that yes well it was like, you want to see was, a big pile of Kaiju sort of... shit? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one big pile <laughs> of shit. Phosphorus. <laughs> it's, it's. I, I, at first, I was a little concerned that I was going to be really bored with the fights because it looked like they were all going to be in the water. But then they went to the land, and not only did they go to the land, but then that one Kaiju, I think that was called Hitachi, picked up Gypsy Danger and flew it into the upper atmosphere. And I went, oh, okay. Yes. And then the next thing I... was. And then the, the you know the the climactic one was under the ocean. I was like, I should have seen that one coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, yeah. Then, and then they detonate that nuke, and all you see all the water just disappear from the entire ocean, and then come rushing back. You're like, that's awesome. That was nicely done. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I I was so wrapped up when they took him up in the air and then dropped him. Like, wait a minute, how is? Oh my God, how are they gonna get out of that? And it starts firing the rocket. I'm like, oh. Awesome lands right in a football stadium. Oh, yeah. The trailers did not reveal any of the best stuff for this movie. No, it's yeah. just like rare. didn't reveal the sword, didn't reveal the flying in underwater, didn't reveal the giant chest cannon, the like, rocket punch, the, the elbow rocket, assist elbow punch. rocket. Oh yeah. Well, that's 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 the thing is there's a lot of this, and I'm not a I'm not a you know I don't know a lot of details of the genre. But as I was watching it, I was like, you know, I was thinking, I kept thinking of Luke and thinking, Luke, there's got to oh, be yeah. so many references in this. They're going over my head and Luke, just, Luke must yeah, be losing it. Yeah. yeah. He must be like, that's that. And that's from there. And that's from there. Oh, it's it must totally, that's great. totally 70s and 80s Japanese mech. Anime, I know. I would have the the rocket punches and stuff. I mean, granted, it wasn't like Mazinger where the fist came out and came back. But yeah, so that's what... It was as close as it was going to get. Mind, I, I can see him jumping up and grabbing somebody and he said, Did you see that? Do you know that's from you the 90s? That <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm sir, glad, sit down, please. I love sit that down, son please, of a sir. bitch, but if he was on this show, we'd, we wouldn't get a word in. <laughs> I, I would have liked to have been in the theater with him to see, see him reacting oh. to it. Oh, oh yeah. That, that would have definitely been but this was one of those movies well, well Scott and I we just saw The Purge a little while ago and that was a regular movie and it was at the discount theater so it was with people going whoa yeah you know and all that with this one I'm sure there were there could have been a riot there could have no. been a small riot in the theater and you wouldn't have heard it over the <laughs> yeah. this movie so it wasn't it's not like one of those movies where I was in yelling. IMAX I where I was yelling but it was all like a personal it wasn't you know you weren't reacting with the crowd because yeah. it was you could not hear the crowd it was you and the movie baby that's it all right now I got one thing that may be a downer though okay Debbie what <laughs> why, if all the kaiju were cloned, why was one of them pregnant? Because why not? 
I, I know. I know why, it's just a plot why can, why must Because be the plot related. required it. I know. Why must you be no, I, I go with the thought that that was, that was the birthing chamber that they used. They, they you know they would they would seed the clone inside the uh, kaiju. I didn't have a problem with that. Oh, aspect. okay. I'll I'll buy that one. Give Paul the no prize. Um, no why, prize. Why why do you have to be related or like really keyed into somebody? You just to have drift? to have a good good uh, martial arts. But then you, you, but you then don't have, after that they were just they were just pairing people up anyway. You know. Now that when when the, when the old guy when Indris went back in, you know, it was with his partner's son so they could yeah technically hook up but uh, he said he carried nothing he with him in the drift yeah exactly so yeah. so i don't no, buy that no shit. plot holes giant that monsters and giant no. robots yeah, I, yeah. And, end of story yeah as a matter of fact even if there were plot holes <laughs> there were plot there holes are what i want plot some plot so, yeah i might as well have some plot holes in there it goes along with the genre yeah What's important to me is he he loved and and there's a lot of people who actually love the genre they're working in, but they don't really understand it. And he did both. He's saying they love it ironically. They love it ironically, <laughs> or they love the 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 physical aspects of it and the trappings of it more than the actual essence of it. So they don't. So you end up with like these genre movies that do what other genre movies, but they lack the the heart of it because that's not where the person's working from they're working from i want to see this and this and this which this movie could have very easily been but with del toro he knew how to fine tune that line so it 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 wasn't too deep but it wasn't too shallow you know it was just enough to get you through till the the punches and cutting and sword play and flying and kicking and kneeing got into play so oh, yeah so if they go back and do like a prequel because we basically saw the what might be the end of the war you know would they have any feet doing well maybe if they did direct direct a video dvd not as a movie yeah i i'm saying maybe a saturday morning cartoon like they did that uh um, absolutely like they That'd did nice. that yeah. yeah the um um we need to get scott Gardner on this we need kaiju land yeah. I don't think a prequel works as a movie, but I think they could easily do a sequel. Because they, they closed the rift, but they didn't destroy the kaiju. Right, I'm glad they didn't yeah. they didn't like leave it gaping it open to yeah. for a sequel. I mean, it, it was a self contained story as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, yeah, if they never get one creating <laughs> They collapsed the rift, but that that went all the way through, didn't it? I don't think Gypsy was when Gypsy blew up. Wasn't it on the on the other side? Yeah. Yes, but I don't. You know. Well, yeah, they probably didn't kill them all. Yeah. Destroy the whole world. It would just. It just closed the interdimensional gap or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could have killed off all or whatever. You could do it with a sequel to it. You don't have to. You don't have to make sense. Yeah, the ones from space could come down. Yeah, there could be a totally different threat altogether. Yeah, there could be a totally different threat altogether. Plus, how many movies, you know, end with the monster dead, and then they have a sequel anyway? Every horror movie ever, Paul. And and (laughs) I was so glad that, well, I'm not going to, actually, I don't want to go into it, because that's just, I don't want to spoil anything. This is a fresh one. We actually spoiled the ending completely just a minute ago. Did we? Did they? Yeah, win? but that's the thing. That's, that's, that's the boy, we really ruined whatever. that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, Nobody thinks this is going to end. We win at the end. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not going to end in some dark fashion. But there's, you know, but stay toward the end of the to the end of the credits because there's a yes. there's a post credit scene that's that's quite funny, and I'm glad that it wasn't what it appeared to be at first, which would have been yeah. set up for a sequel. Yeah. And then, yeah. in fact, it just ended up being a gag. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I like. Yeah, because now, if you've seen the movie, then my opening remark will make sense. <laughs> if you haven't, yeah. it won't make any sense. No, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, um, anybody got any anything to sum it up? I think we've pretty much uh, hit. Uh, I'm sure there's more we could just go on and on. Go see it if you want to elbow your ass to the, yeah, the 
to go see it. Yeah. Yeah, and especially the, during a hot summer like this. Take the kids, it's good. Yeah, IMAX yeah. IMAX 3D. That's IMAX when you can 3D. take the kids. Don't take the kids to IMAX 3D because you'll have to, like, get a, another mortgage on your house. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at ForumForGeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.